Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter. Eastern Washington's faculty, and I don't, this is not, you know, certainly every faculty member, but a significant group of faculty members. There's four official authors of this report that are faculty members, uh, including an, an associate professor of physics who is the sort of lead on this thing. Uh, but it's the Eastern Washington Faculty Senate group published a report calling for heavy athletic cuts or potentially cutting athletics altogether. Uh, it details. Uh, the cost, the expenditures of, of athletics uh, at Eastern Washington, how much is allocated from the institution itself to support it, which is a significant percentage, which we'll get into uh, here. And it also basically comes to the conclusion at large that, that there is not there is not a net benefit either of attracting students or retaining current students as a result of having athletics at Eastern Washington. Uh, I know you're shaking your head, but we'll we'll, we'll get into this. Uh, and so, here's the thing. Here's the numbers on this thing, specifically for Eastern Washington. And David has done an excellent job of compiling. Now, these are from 2017 to 2018. Okay, so these are a, a year and a half to two years old in terms of the finances on this. But but you can imagine that you know maybe adding you know a couple of percentages or whatever year to year. But the, this is going to be fairly accurate in showing where we're at now because we have. All the schools here. We have a whole bunch. We have the top 10 in the country, a bunch of the West Coast schools, Pac-12 schools, and all of the Big Sky Conference schools in here. But Eastern Washington is was at, at two years ago, 186th in terms of their total revenue for their 
athletic department. Okay, and they are at thirteen million eight hundred and ten thousand was the total revenue. Their total expenses, by the way, were fifteen million eight hundred and forty-one thousand. So they were at about a two million dollar deficit. But nine million dollars, almost ten actually, nine point eight million dollars of the money that was the revenue for the athletic department came from the institution, came from Eastern Washington University itself, which comprises 71% of the athletic budget was coming from the school. So that is a significant amount. I will tell you, as a matter of percentage, it's pretty middle of the road for Big Sky Conference schools. I mean, outside of the top, you, you get into the big, big schools, right? Where the, you know, Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Alabama, Michigan, those schools are all well ahead of their revenue as opposed right. to their expenses for all the reasons we know from ticket sales to TV contracts. And they're into the $200 million of revenue. Okay, But in the Big Sky Conference, the general numbers go from about 55 to 60% of the total revenue uh, is coming from the institution all the way up to like 70 I don't know, 74%, 78% at Southern Utah. So you're talking about borderline 80%. Sacramento State is at 83% of their budget is coming from the university. Cal Poly, 72%. So they're uh, easily half of the schools in the Big Sky Conference are at 65% or more. And outside of Montana and Montana State, they're all at 50% or greater. Montana State is right at 50% as of two years ago. They're at about a 21, almost a $22 million budget, 11.3 of which comes from the university. And the University of Montana, by far the lowest in the Big Sky Conference in terms of the university institution contribution as a percentage of the revenue. $21.9 million is the revenue for the uh, University of Montana two years ago. $7.8 million of that coming from the university, so 35%. So... That is something that uh, certainly Kent Haslam pointed out at one stage as being, <coughs> excuse me, a, a very important and good thing for the university to say that the, the the majority, in fact, the vast majority of the revenue that the university are getting, is getting in athletics is not coming from the institution of the University of Montana itself. It's coming either from donors, which I think is significant, that Montana has probably more of and, and more with deeper pockets than most other like schools in the Big Sky Conference, and... From from revenue, actual revenue, when it comes to ticket sales, I think their ticket sales basically doubled Montana State's in terms of the dollar amount, somewhere like five and a half million compared to two and a half to three million for Montana State in this year, and also apparel. I mean, they're you know you're selling gear to a fan base that is a fan base beyond just sort of a student base community, what have you. So those are the numbers on this. This report is a very in depth report. It's like thirty five to 40 pages long going through all the specifics on this. And uh, again, according to the report, it says that despite Eastern Washington's football success last decade, the claim is that that had no impact on enrollment or retention. So that ticket sales made up 3.7% of the expenses of the athletic department and alumni contributions made up about 4.5%. So you're talking about 8% between the two, just over 8% between ticket sales and alumni contributions to what the total athletic budget is. And so they come, came up with 
I guess, options A through E, completely eliminate athletics, move to NAIA, move to Division II, uh, or Division th- Division II or Division Three. Yep. Uh, or stay NCAA Division One and eliminate football, which of course is the most expensive of all the sports by by quite a margin. So, oh, there's there's a couple others. Make a large budget cut to keep all sports. That that was another option, or operate as normal. So those were sort of the options that were offered within the context of the report of 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 what I guess could be done or continued to be done at Eastern Washington. Uh, the claims, by the way, Lynn Hickey was the athletic department, the athletic, uh, director. athletic director there. Yeah. Obviously, has controverted some of this stuff by by you know saying like you can't simply just assert that there's no. I don't know what the numbers are or to 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 say that the that sports or athletics has had no uh, or limited uh, help in either gaining students or retaining students. She, her, you know, her claim is one that you hear often. The athletics department is the front porch of the university. It's the place that gets you the most exposure. It's a way in for many, many students in terms of their first experience or or learning or knowledge of uh, a particular school is through the sports programs that are there, which is broadly speaking true across the board of you know of athletics at schools in general. And also, she says, which I think is is reasonable, you know. How are you quantifying something like that, you know, within the context of this report, which is I have not read the full report, so I don't know what, you know, how those derivations are made, but I understand where she's coming from on that. That said, 70% of the athletic department budget, $12 million a year or more coming from the university going to that when you are running a, a university, an academic institution. Where are you at on all this? Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. First of all, when I first read this report and I read the whole thing, the 74% of the money being subsidized really stuck out to me. And I initially thought, man, that's got to be among the highest in all of college athletics. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that it's not even the highest in the Big Sky Conference. Right. It shows you just how much it takes to have football particularly and how often, even if you have success, if you don't have a fervent fan base, it's go- you're going to lose money. No doubt. You look at the teams that don't have 60% subsidies – Idaho, Montana, Montana State, North Dakota. Well, what do they all have in common? They're state schools in rural areas with with uh, fervent fans. Yeah. But 
I thought it was going to, that, that was a really damning number to me initially. And then I realized now that I realized that it's more along the lines of pretty common in the big sky. Yeah. I mean, they're very average in terms of the percent that the, the institution comes up with. And in terms of their total cost of the athletics at Eastern Washington, it's the second to the least in the Big Sky Conference. I mean, they're at $13 million. Cal Davis is at $37 million. Cal Poly at $30 million. So these schools are operating, the Montana schools right there between about $22 million each. So they're not quite half, but close to half of the Montana schools in terms of their total athletic budget. It's really amazing, too, when you talk about the Montana schools because the student athletic fees in the Montana schools are not as high as at a lot of other places, as well as the Montana state has a thriving pop student population right now, but Montana does not. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that they're still been able to maintain this and Montana has less subsidies than schools like San Diego state percentage wise, mm-hmm. San Diego state, Colorado state, Utah state, Fresno state, Boise State's at 29%, so the Grizz are only about 7% shy of Boise State. Mm-hmm. Less subsidies than Wyoming. I mean, on down the line, Nevada, some of these other big, or some of these other Mountain West schools, that was right. very interesting to me as well. But as far as the numbers here for Eastern Washington, if they cut the entire athletic department, it would save them between 11 and $14 million a year. That in itself would just be so foolish because the athletic department is one of your great marketing tools, period. It brings eyes to your school. How many times does somebody flip through the channels and they see Eastern Washington and they see the red field or they see whatever and you just Google on your phone just for one second, oh, Eastern Washington, Cheney, huh, interesting. That in itself is better marketing than almost any other form of marketing you can do, especially when you're a directional state school in a place like Cheney, Washington. $14 $14 million is not worth it. It's worth spending $14 million to market your university, your university through sports, in my opinion. You're also going to get, since it's a state school that's not Washington and Washington State, you're also going to get some fee waivers from the state from boosting minority population. Well, one of the easiest ways to boost minority population on campus is to have sports. And I think that that's why both Eastern Washington and Central Washington have a much higher minority population than you'd maybe expect in places that are rural towns like Ellensburg and Cheney. The other thing is if they were to go NAI, that would save them between seven and $12 million. If they were to go to division two, that'd save them between five and $7 million. If they went D two, they could play in the great Northwest athletic conference. That would actually be a geographic fit. That would be better for them. And they also could save a lot of money on travel. You'd have natural rivalries with Central Washington, Western Washington, and basketball. Although Western Washington, they cut football 10 yep. years ago, yep. and it has not had the, the positive repercussions that they hoped. They saved the money in the on the bill, but their school's reputation, just in terms of a regional university, has taken a huge hit just because they just don't have... And it's not as if Division II football is some powerhouse marketing tool, but it's still it's a part of the student experience. And I think when you don't have football... It just it if you had it and you take it away, it just looks bad for your school in general. Once upon a time, Eastern Montana College, which is now Montana State Buildings, had football. They cut football. A lot of people point to the surge under Sonny Holland for Montana State, to the greatness of Sonny Holland, but also because of the influx of players that Montana State Buildings sent mm-hmm. to Montana State. Mm-hmm. They got a bunch of guys that were good players. Well, if Montana State Billings had never cut football and they still had football in now what is by far the largest city in Montana, right? 
what would that look like? Mm-hmm. If they were in the big sky, how would that impact Montana and Montana State? It would dilute it no matter what. Even, even if Montana State Billings was the third out of three and had no tradition close to Montana and Montana State, it would still impact. There would, there would just be kids from Billings that just stayed home. Yeah. Right. And I mean, and, and there would be kids from all over the state that would go there and it would have an impact. But I think Montana State Billings, I mean, the, the Montana Football Hall of Fame that I'm on the board of directors for, that originated through a nonprofit organization called Big Huddle. And Big Huddle's initial goal was to bring football back at MSUB. We initially started doing the Montana Football Hall of Fame as a sort of fundraiser for Big Huddle. It became, it kind of got a life of its own, and now we're getting 900 people at the banquet, and it's a self sustaining nonprofit in its own right. But Big Huddle's still working to get that back because I think it would be essential. But the last I, point I want to make, you were mentioning about Lynn Hickey's comments. Go ahead. Two Telling Wilds, 129 ESPN, Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. This is a text from somebody that I won't name their name, but they work in higher education in the Big Sky Conference. They've been an administrator for a long time. And I, this is a lot of really good information here. Said in the latest U.S. News higher education rankings, Eastern Washington is tied for 62nd among regional universities in the West behind such academic luminaries, sarcasm, as Western Washington, Long Beach State, San Jose State, Humboldt State, Cal State Northridge, Walla Walla University, and Sacramento State. It's tied. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. Thank you, Burn Street. It's tied with Central Oklahoma. Yeah, it's and- really fight quick on the trigger on that thing. Tied with Central Oklahoma and Alaska Anchorage in terms of academic prowess. They have, uh, among the 11 full Big Sky Conference members, they have uh, the eighth largest enrollment, but that enrollment has increased from, in 2009, the year before they won the national championship in football, Eastern Washington had 9,300 students. They now, in their last enrollment report, reported 13,635 students. So they've gone up about 4,500 students over the last 10 years. At best, near the bottom of the big sky, they have an endowment. This is the most striking part, and this is where I'm so interested to see how muddy this gets. A school's endowment is an indicative gauge of how many people care, how many people care about their degree from that school. And even though Idaho is a dumpster fire right now in terms of athletics, there's so many proud Idaho alums. Right. People that say, what happened to me in Moscow changed my life. It was a positive experience. It was a phenomenal experience. Now, Eastern has a lot of prominent alums. What do they all work in? Sports. Well, people that care about Eastern mm. or you can market it for your degree are people that work in sports. But this is striking. Eastern Washington's endowment, their entire university's endowment, is $8.5 million. Think of that. There's multiple people that with University of Montana degrees that have more money than that. They could write a check for that much money today. Mm-hmm. One person. Montana State's endowment, for example, is $178.2 million. Montana's $197.7. Idaho, $281. Weber State, $111. So let me, let me jump in here, okay? Yeah. Because I think, to me, this is... this. Uh, all the things that you said here cuts both ways. I'm I'm very torn on this, okay? As a guy who loves sports, obviously. Yes. Wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now, happily doing what I'm doing right now, without 
college sports, okay? It doesn't exist, okay? We can talk about whatever. The, the reason we have jobs is because of college sports, specifically Montana, Montana State, because people care about it, okay? I love it. I love college sports. I went to college <laughs> and enjoyed sports, both playing them and watching them, both at small levels and then also at Division One levels, okay? Also, from the academic side of things, what is it that a school is there to be and to do? And that's the whole point. This is this is the faculty complaining about how the athletic department's wasting money, but the athletic department has been really successful at Eastern Washington. And even if they're getting a subsidy from the school, they've grown. They've great gotten great publicity for the school. Whereas the academics is what sucks. That's the whole point. But I, this is the faculty members crying about money being spent on sports. No, 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 when no. They're no, the ones no. that need to pick up their no, part of the game. I'm, yes. See, I'm not prepared to accept that because what I'm going to say to you is that. If the if if a university that has an eight something million dollar endowment, which is a pittance compared to its its peers, had twelve million more dollars, which which with which to invest into the academic, this isn't saving quote unquote money like you've overrun your credit card and now you can't pay this anymore. This is having funds that you have at your university and where are you going to allocate them? And I don't know what the total university budget is at Eastern Washington, but likely. million is a substantial portion of that pie and perhaps part of the reason that the academics is not where they would probably like it to be is because they haven't had the resources to make it that. And so that is... Or because they're in the middle of a field. I mean, there's plenty of places that are in the middle of fields that are doing just fine. I mean, that's that's just the reality of it, because you got to find the things that you're great at, your strengths, and be great at those things. That's the whole point. The situation that they're in in the state of Washington, they don't have anywhere to have a strength. Sure, they do. Of course, they do. How though? You can't over Central Washington's already the teacher school. That's how do you how do you get great at being a sports team, Coulter? You invest money in it. You get all the best players. Yeah. You want to be you want to be a great particular institution? Why is Washington State, which is also hello, in the middle of a field, one of the absolute top three institutions in the country for communications and yep. journalism, right? right? They found a guy and now they bring in all the best faculty and now they matriculate people through. Rutgers, philosophy, nothing. I don't know, New Jersey who wants to do anything with that. All of a sudden they decided philosophy and they have the money to do it, so granted, but they do it. And now all of a sudden, number one philosophy school, doctoral school in the in the world is at Rutgers University for philosophy. So all I'm saying is when it comes to this, you can do it. You have to make a decision to do it and have the resources to do it. And if athletics is preventing that, I'm just I'm not saying that I agree with this report per se. Yeah. But what I am saying is that I don't think it's crazy to suggest that, particularly if we look at Cal Davis and Cal Poly yeah. with $36 million total expenses and $30 million total expenses respectively for their athletic departments and subsidies of 72 and 81% far greater as a matter of percentage and far greater as a dollar figure. I mean, the Cal Davis is writing a check of $30 million to its athletic department every year, which is double the entire budget of the of, of Eastern Washington. Right, but but what also, else do but they, they have? They a billion dollar endowment. Exactly. So, so they have that, a billion dollar endowment, but they also have 38,000 students, and they also have 38,000 students that none of them blink an eye at paying hundreds of dollars right. for activity that's fees. That's right. So it's, it's self-made money. That's so the that, issue. And that's why it's okay for them to do that, and why at Eastern... 
even though it's far less, both in percentage and in total amount, it's a far bigger quote unquote burden, whether it's the students or the institution itself, because of that very thing. So in that respect, there at Eastern, I understand this in that respect. I really do. The there were some pretty inflammatory lines in this report. There were. One, the the faculty is is pushing to cut football, and the report calls it a moral choice. This is a choice that would anger a few vocal fans, but would show Eastern as standing up for the principles we publicly endorse, that we are here to help our students learn and successfully launch careers. We are not here to have them trade brain damage for a reduced cost education. That line set Twitter on fire. Mm -hmm. The Eastern Washington football players were going crazy over this line, saying, <laughs> "I'm here for the brain damage. I didn't come. You know, it's it's the old Cardell Jones line, right? I didn't come to Ohio State to play school. Right. I came here to play football. Right. You know, like some of the running backs at Eastern Washington were tweeting with the signature, uh, sincerely, your latest brain damaged athlete. Right. You know, talk about how like this is the opportunity that they need to get out of what the situation that they come from, and that I, I, I think the biggest disservice that the report does to itself is is not being what I would call academically objective. I mean, they, they, it, it, of course, if you're going to do this whole thing and come to a conclusion, it's going to have a point to it, right. but to, <laughs> but to, to, to put it in those terms in that way, as if, you know, as if that's just accepted as what's going on here, some sort of physical transaction for the sake of some, you know, temporal fame and a reduced cost to your education. I mean, just no, like that's that's just not the case, right? And so, and and that undercuts what should be the group of people that is standing on the substance of the numbers and of the you know of the research and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that probably was not very well done by them in that respect. I do think though that the United States is very unique in so very many ways, but also particularly the only place on earth that has college athletics that are, that, that are anything whatsoever. Like if you go to school anywhere else in the world, you know what you do? You go to school there. If you want to play something, if you are an amateur athlete, then you join the city or the regional quote unquote club team and club player is a very different the definition over there that's substantial right uh, 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 uh you know of whatever the sport is that you do and the idea that somehow the schooling that you're getting is tied to the sport that you're playing is crazy and at the end of the day i actually side with the rest of the world on this and saying that it is crazy that doesn't mean i don't love it because i do love it but the like why in the world would playing sports and learning physics be the thing that is happening at the same time congruently. Like, no. And especially when you talk about the big-time schools where you are here to play football. If you are, then go play football. I mean, baseball seems to have it figured out. I know there's college baseball, but that's not where you go usually. I mean, often you do, but you understand what I'm saying with the minor league system. That's what you do to go be a professional baseball player. If you want to go to school, to do, go to school to do something. You know, so there, I, I do understand that that part of it, and that makes sense to me. That said, 
the pomp and circumstance and joy and fun and identity and love that is college athletics, you can't replace it. I mean, in terms of what the ground that the faculty has to stand on for this report is the fact that Eastern Washington's been to the football semifinals. They've been to the FCS playoff semifinals five times in the last 10 years. They've won the most recent national championship by right. a Big Sky team. Yep. And the, this is the ground the faculty has to stand on is they've done all that and haven't made any money. They haven't, become, they haven't oh, moved they've, in. They've lost money. They have, they have they've yes. not become any closer to being sustain, more sustainable. Soluble, yeah. Right, right. The the other thing, though, is that if you've ever been to Eastern Washington games, it's the community that's letting them down in terms of the money. Because actually, Eastern Washington, I would argue, the last three years, Montana State's marketing department has been on fire. They've been great. And they've revitalized the student section at both Bobcat Stadium and Brick Breed and Fieldhouse. But Eastern Washington has the best student sections in the league. Their basketball student section is tremendous. Mm-hmm. They, they come in, they have full printouts, Talking about every single guy, like the joke about Timmy Falls skipping leg day for his whole life was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and they have guys chanting in unison. I mean, it's, it's very organized, even though they're only averaging about 1,800 fans a game, but the students are coming out. So it's the people in the community that need to support more. So the faculty does have ground to stand on there. On the other side of this, though, I think the number one point we have to make is this is not an action that's being considered by anybody that can actually make an action. The president has received this report, but there's been no steps taken sure. towards either way. This is faculty crying a bucket of tears. That's what it is. Well, no, no, no. I, see, I, I disagree with your characterization of that. Well, it, it doesn't matter. When, when it's a faculty doing it, it does have some, like, it, it's right, significant. Right, but they're doing it because they want the athletic department to be a part of the budget cuts. But when in reality, the academic portion of Eastern Washington needs to get better if they don't want to have budget cuts. And I agree with you, getting better could have to do with the money. But Eastern Washington's athletic department came out and said, this is not under consideration whatsoever. And until the president's office tells us otherwise, we are not even going to pay attention to the fact that this has even been in the news. And that's fine. But all I'm saying is that it wasn't written by three fans or whatever or anti-fans out there in the community. These are are paid employees of the school who are doing the work of teaching the students. And so within that context, it it bears some weight. Uh, want to give, by the way, shout out my guy Jason down there at Burn Street Bistro who set this article over. Now, we had seen this article, but uh, he's paying attention for us, keeping, a, keeping our eyes and ears on this. So, you know, that's why we got the Burn Street Bistro burn in there for, for him on this thing, for sending that over. We appreciate it. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. On the other side, around the Big Sky Conference, out of what happened this weekend, where do we stand now, and what can we expect going forward? And yes, we're going to give you tickets to corn coming up next. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. The Eastern Washington thing that we're talking about. Yeah. Would you agree that some universities exist almost exclusively to give non-traditional or maybe sometimes underachieving students a chance at a college education? Do some schools exist for that? Yes. Mm. Yes. Because I would say Eastern Washington exists for that more than any other school. Eastern Washington, especially when it comes to the tie between athletics and academics, has a specific, um, I don't even know what to call it. Is it a loophole? It's a its a rule called Prop 48, where if you are a partial or non-qualifier, Eastern Washington is the only Division One school in the country that you can go to as a partial qualifier and become eligible while going to school there. So you can get admitted without being fully eligible and then mm-hmm. earn your academic eligibility while there. Mm-hmm. That's how they got Taiwan Jones. And Taiwan Jones won the California State track meet in the 100 meters. He beat Javid Best. I mean, he's one of the fastest people on the planet. He's running. Javid Best was not fast. <laughs> he's Taiwan <laughs> Taiwan Jones running like 10-3 in high school in the 100 meters and he got admitted to Shout one out school. The Houston Texans. There you go. I mean, Taiwan Jones David got his team out there at a point. Taiwan Jones, what an amazing <laughs> career, man. The guy was an electric running back in college and he has now, been in the NFL for 10 years, multiple stops, Raiders, Bills, now the Texans, as a, almost exclusively a special teams guy. But that's here and over there. Yeah, guys like Rodney Stuckey, like how, how did Rodney Stuckey, who was the, a lottery pick, go to Eastern Washington? Prop 48, that's how. But to me, I think that that's good that there are schools like that that exist because I think that there are some kids that come from disadvantaged backgrounds or that don't get good public education all the way through high school but then maybe can get it themselves right and earn a degree that helps them out in their lives, whether they're playing sports or not. So I think that's a good thing that a school like Eastern Washington exists. That said, they need to, need to accept what they are. If the budget cuts are happening, it's because you're not thriving as a college. And to say that one of the great marketing tools your college has, cutting that is going to help, I agree. You can reallot the money, but what's going to happen to your enlollment? That's, the, the most, I mean, that's the great unknown, right? The, the, I mean, you just it's, don't it's, know what's going to happen. I mean, I just I don't think it's an unknown, though. I think I think that even if we don't have hard statistical data, it's pretty tried and true that sports is good for the overall exposure of your university. Yeah, I mean, the basis upon which the claim is made within their the, you know, within within the report that there's no evidence of retention or garnering no students. positive impact on our student enrollment retention or recruitment. I just don't believe that that's true. Yeah, and and I don't know within the flow of the chart in in what circumstances it is like that you're saying that. I mean to your point, it's a matter of fact that there're 4500 students to the good from 2009 to the present day. And to say no positive impact, none. Even if you recruit a bunch of football players who from Seattle who moved to Cheney with their girlfriends, you still increased enrollment. Even if it's by seven people, you still brought people that wouldn't be coming to Eastern otherwise. The other right. thing is that every school will tell you that the athletic department, the, the kids in the athletic department, by and large, 
get better grades, do more community service. A lot of it's required by the athletic teams that they're on. It still doesn't take away from the fact that they're way more visible in the community. They're helping in the community. They're getting it done in the classroom at a higher level. The thing is, I mean, how many people do we know, myself included, that that are smart, educated people that were good students that when they first were in college were like, oh, man, I'm not living with my mom anymore. Right. And then all of a sudden you get three C's and you never got a C in your life. Right. Or you get a D and you have to retake the class. It happens to so many people. I know so smart people I know that fail classes their first year or two of college. Well, you can't do it unless you want to be straight up ineligible. And if you're ineligible, then all of a sudden you're going to be humiliated because it's going to be part of the news. So I just think that when you look at the fabric of a campus community, almost always the students are the, the student athletes are the most visible members. And we could debate the merit of that. If that's good or not, I think in certain ways it's good in certain ways it's exploitative, but that's, that's irrelevant. The point is that to be a highly competitive athlete, chances are you have natural more natural innate leadership skills you are going to be a, a more natural leader to your peers in all forms mm-hmm. of life and so you're going to be the person that's putting together the group project you're going to be the person that people are looking to you're also going to have oh, probably a higher level of discipline because of the structure of your life and the requirements you have academically so i just think to say that those kids aren't adding to the fabric of the community is just ludicrous yeah well and i mean I don't think they're saying that they're not adding to the fabric of the community, but they are saying that it hasn't had any a positive any impact. positive impact on on retention or students in terms sure. of numbers. I, again, I I, I take uh, I, I take issue with that because first of all, it's not clear to me like how you're saying that. But also, here's the other thing: if everyone else, quote unquote, everyone else, you know, in the big sky has it, and now you don't, like if if you're saying, well, we're not we're not at a net positive because of this. It seems to be pretty likely that you're going to be at a net negative without it. You know what I mean? And if, if, if you don't have the thing that everybody else has in some form or fashion, then there's going to be students. There will be a, 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 a percentage of students who would have gone to the school and now will not because they will, they do want to go not not to play just to go because they wanted to go someplace to that that does have it that does have that experience to go to games and do all that kind of thing what percentage that would be and what the price tag of 10 to 12 million dollars is for a place like eastern washington that doesn't have the biggest endowment in the world and all that whether whether the balance of that is there is the thing that i think is sort of in the wash here that's the thing that you have to sort of come to terms with and also i would say this We don't know. I don't know anything about the larger university budget of Eastern Washington. If they're in the red, if they're in the black, if they're struggling or whatever it is. Well, they are okay? struggling. That's okay. the whole impetus for this whole thing. They're doing massive budget cuts. Okay. They're doing massive budget cuts. You could cut those budgets. But I guess my point is, is whether you need, you better have a plan. You know what I mean? If you have to hit your budget and you need to make cuts in order to do that, then I understand that. But also, if you're going to go away from this thing that your school has been doing for quite some time and doing very successfully, by the way, because it's not strictly speaking academic as such, I, I could probably be convinced of that, provided I knew instead of this or as a result of this here's what we will be able to do because even if it is quote unquote just cuts 
even if there's not $10 million that all of a sudden is going somewhere else, it's $10 million that isn't being taken from somewhere else. Where is that somewhere else? What is that thing and why or things? And what is it that they are going to provide to the student experience, to the university that is going to that is going to be above and beyond what the sports is currently doing. And I, I think that's, you know, the question that I would want answered because it's easy enough. Often what we do right in society at large is point all the things that we don't want or that should go away or whatever, but we don't often think about, well, okay, well, if not this, then what, like what replaces this? Well, if this creates a vacuum, what comes in instead? And rarely it feels to me like, do we look ahead to figure that out? And, I'm not saying that hasn't been on here. I just don't know what it is. I mean, probably the the most um, hard to determine factor here is that, again, I don't really know how you have much more success at Eastern Washington than they have. Yeah, athletically. The last yeah, 10 years. Yeah, no, right. So then how do you make more money? Mm-hmm. How do you get people to care? Mm-hmm. But on the other side of this, though, Unquestionably, their most famous alums, whether it's Taiwan Jones or Bo Levi Mitchell, who's a you know great Cup winning quarterback in the CFL, or Colin Cowherd, who has a nationally syndicated radio show, or Jim McElwain, who's a big time college football coach, they're all involved in sports. Michael Roos was a Pro Bowler; he's the one that bottomed their field. That's the thing. I would be so interested if this actually gained traction, and the president was actually considering some of these um, ideas from the faculty. That's where I would be so fascinated is how do all the ex-athletes rally? The other thing that I couldn't find on this, Coulter, is how many of the faculty are behind this. I mean, when it comes to the faculty, it matters, no doubt. But there's four people with their names on the front of this as authors, okay, that are faculty members. But if this has been signed at the bottom by a significant percentage of the whole, that that is really a big, big deal as opposed to... It, no, it's just these four guys, and nobody else is is advocating for this as such in a in a in a formal way. So that's that. I don't normally seems like these things get produced and then get passed around, and then have you know. And here are all of the faculty members or whatever that have agreed with, with in principle with the findings of this report or something like that. That I don't know, and that would be, you know also worth knowing. So there's there's a lot we know, there's a lot we don't on something like this. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. We're going to go around the Big Sky Conference in the next segment. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online, 
all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Coulter, let's go around just briefly here, the Big Sky Conference in general, because we had movement. And for the men's teams, it went really well. The Grizzlies... We're up a half a game going into the weekend, starting on Thursday. They go 2-0. and They're now a game and a half up on Eastern Washington and Northern Colorado, who are both tied for second place. Montana State, they get a, a sweep of the weekend. They move to 8-6. and six. They're a half game ahead of Northern Arizona. Montana State's 8-6. and six. Northern Arizona is 8-7. and seven. Southern Utah drops to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're at even 500, a game behind Montana State uh, in the sixth spot. And then Portland State, who is the opponent of Montana State on Thursday in a big, big matchup right there. I mean, if you're talking about Fortin with that 4-5 and five seed for the bye in the tournament, Portland State hosting Montana State, who's below in the standings but already has a win against the Cats. That's a big, big game, especially with the Grizzlies on the horizon for Montana State after that. So those are those are huge games. Idaho gets a win over uh, Eastern Washington. They get to 3-10. and 10. Idaho State, not so much 3-12 and 12 now in the conference play. Yeah, Idaho State is the worst team in the league. Yeah. After watching them live on Saturday, they're the worst team in the league because they don't have Trayvon Allen or Jarek Harding or Josh Patton, which all the other bad teams do. Right. And they don't have Holland Woods either. So, the, you know, they don't have a premier player. Uh, interesting note out of uh, Idaho State. So, first of all, I think it's not a secret that I'm a big Bill Evans fan. I got to know Coach Evans when he was on uh, Larry Kishovec and Wayne and then Wayne Tickle's staff here at Montana. Mm-hmm. He's uh, my kind of guy. He's no nonsense, very gruff, straightforward, old school. Says it as it is. He's got some of the funniest one-liners I ever heard. He's his own defense master, and Bill Evans was is get, was getting a little long in the tooth, and he was in a contract here this last year, and he told the administration at Idaho State, just give me a one- or two-year deal. I just want to finish it out with this group of guys. And they had a lot of talented juniors last year, from uh, Jared Stutzman, who's still there, one of the only holdovers, to Brandon Boyd, who's an all-league guard, top reserve in the league a couple two years ago. Um and then Gary Chavichian, they had a bunch of really good players. Not really good. They had a bunch of pretty good players. And like I always said, what is expectation? Besides, ex- what, what, how do what you, is success? What is success? Exceeding expectations. Yeah. Every time you don't finish last Idaho State, you exceeded expectations. <laughs> you did. And <laughs> Bill Evans had Idaho State as high as fourth. Yeah. And between eighth and ninth, but it was always a good game. It wasn't just a walkover. Anyways, they hired Ryan Looney in the offseason. Varying results certainly, but one of the other guys who was in the mix was College of Idaho head coach Jared Fay. Looney then ended up hiring Fay, who didn't get the head coaching job, as his associate head coach. Well, in Bozeman Thursday, I heard a story of a a dust-up on the bench, which was a screaming match between assistants and players. One assistant was ripping a player to shreds. That player and coach Fay proceeded to leave the game and go to the locker room and never came back out. Friday, Faye was not on the bench. I was noticed that Idaho State was an assistant short Saturday. Then I started asking around. Well, it turned out he had driven back to Pocatello and basically left the team for the weekend. Mm. Well, today, he's put on administrative leave. He basically said it wasn't a good fit. Mutually decided we're parting ways. I no longer coach at Idaho State. Wow. I've never heard of that. 
a guy basically mutually resigning while getting fired at the same time in the middle of the season. In the middle of a game. In the middle of a game, <laughs> yeah. basically. Right. So I think that not all is not well at Idaho State. Yeah. Uh, I thought they actually played hard on Saturday night. They just don't have a lot of dudes. Yeah. Yeah. They're terrible on defense. I mean, they're I think they're seventh to last in the country in field goal percentage defense. Given up, I mean, opponents for the season are shooting fifty percent against them. That's it's not going to get you anywhere. But no. as far as the way that the standings played out, to me, the the best of the weekend in the Big Sky was Montana State. That was definitely what the Bobcats had to have, and with what happened everywhere else around the middle of the standings, Montana State they moved up a rung, right? Which is huge, right? The worst in the league, Southern Utah. Them getting drilled by Sac State and then losing to NAU. Those are and they, they were never really in either. They game. were they were seven and five, sitting alone in fourth place, controlling their destiny, going into what we thought were two winnable games, and they lost them both, emphatically. And they should have won them both because they're way more talented than Sac yeah, State, yeah. and they're more talented than NAU. So yeah. that was a bad effort by Southern Utah. But we'll see. It's gonna be interesting to see this game on Thursday because if Portland State gets up for it, that could throw a whole wrench in Montana State's whole thing. Boys and girls. We hooking you up around here always. ESPN Radio coming up half an hour from now. Pre-game, Iowa State, Kansas, KU, number three team in the land, hosting the Cyclones. Opening tip at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN Radio. Check us out, SWX tonight, 1030. We'll be there. See you then. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.